You are now listening to the Nicole Gonzalez podcast with me, your host, Nicole Gonzalez. For more information, you can find me at NicoleGonzalezWrites.com. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in with me today. And today we are covering chapter one of the book, Every Teen Should Read, Discovering Your Self-Worth, Positive Mindset, and Personal Values. And in chapter one, it's titled, Your Feelings Are Valid. We're going to unpack a lot of stuff about emotions. We're going to talk about how you have permission to feel certain feelings and how they're completely valid. We're going to talk about emotional contagion, what that is, how we need to stop blaming genetics for a lot of our feelings and that we have control over them. We're also going to um, cover some tips on how you can embrace your embrace your emotions and identify them, practice self-care, um, avoid circumstances that trigger unwanted emotions. So it's going to be a good one, guys. And this is my chapter one. I hope you enjoy it. Chapter one, your feelings are valid. Have you ever peed your pants before? And yes, that's a serious question. I'll ask you one better. Have you ever peed your pants at school before? If you have, you remember what a horrible day that was. Now picture this. You come home from a bad day at school, quite literally a really bad day, because you just peed your pants. So you just want to crawl into your bed for the rest of the day. But instead of sleeping, your parents barge in and ask what's wrong. And then when you tell them that you peed your pants and how you're feeling embarrassed and frustrated, they say something like, it's okay. Don't feel sad. You have a great life. You should feel happy. And then they leave you on your bed feeling even worse because now you think you should feel better, but you still feel crappy. So it's like a double crap load of feelings. It's wild. And that kind of thing happens all the time. Maybe not the same situation. Let's hope you don't pee your pants all that often. But hey, we've all had an accident before. It's also wildly confusing because I don't blame your parents for wanting to be comforting. The thing is, most of us aren't taught how to comfort someone else. Your parents think they're doing the right thing by trying to comfort you. The truth is, they're just doing a really bad job of it, and they don't know. Now replace your parents in the story with your siblings or your friends or your teachers, or anyone else who's tried to comfort you. As a society, we often tell people how they should feel. And then we pat ourselves on the back because we think we're helping. It's so wrong. And I don't know why this hasn't been a bigger topic by now. When people are hurting, we can't be so quick to tell them how they should feel. If someone's feeling crappy, then let them feel that way. I came to this discovery when I was doing my own soul searching. And I believe it's so powerful that it should be taught to the youth. Focusing on someone else is stealing away from their human experience. When we tell someone how to feel, we're stealing away from their human experience. So now if you're ever in a bad mood and someone tells you how you should feel, politely tell them that they're stealing away from your human experience. I bet you'll blow their minds. The thing is, they've probably never heard that before. But this will be a polite way to tell them, hey, I'm allowed to feel this way. And I think you should. Because when we tell people to stop feeling sad and to get back to a state of being happy, then we're not letting them manage their own emotions. 
Instead, we're convincing them to suppress their emotions and keep them hidden or bottled up. We're basically saying your feelings aren't valid and that you shouldn't feel that way. So many of you teens are taught to bottle up your emotions. Your emotions then fester, causing unrelenting anxiety and depression. The World Health Organization actually tells us that depression is the leading cause of global disability. Don't you teens want to change that narrative? Don't you want to be the generation that rises to the occasion and tells anxiety and depression to shove it? I bet you do. And I want to help you do it. And the first way to start is by accepting your emotions. Stop pressing them further down into your stomach. Stop letting people tell you to get back to a state of feeling happy or just feel better or simply to feel anything else for that matter. Whatever emotions you're feeling is okay, and you need to feel them in order to overcome whatever it is that you're going through. My friends, your feelings are valid. You have permission. It's sad to think when I was in high school that I would judge myself for feeling a certain way. I often judged myself when I was feeling sad or pain or grief or anger. I felt like it was wrong to feel those emotions which triggered other emotions like shame and humiliation. I would actively try to hide the way I was feeling or push them aside. We have formed an association with optimism and positivity being the way everyone should feel at all times. And if you feel anything else, then it's the wrong way to feel. If your friend lies to you, you should stop being so angry and get back to being happy. If you go through a breakup, you should stop being so sad. There's plenty of fish in the sea. If you fill a test, then you should stop feeling ashamed. Just work harder next time. The list goes on and on. Your friends, your loved ones, your parents, your teachers, and everyone around you probably encourage you to stop feeling a certain way and just be positive all the time. You guys, this is wrong. Wouldn't it be really freaking weird if we just felt super positive all the time? The reality is, it's unrealistic, and it's unsustainable. We all feel a range of emotions every single day, and it's not fair to only acknowledge a few of them. When we suppress other emotions, they tend to grow stronger and stronger. It's almost like when you want a brownie, but your mom tells you no more sweets before bedtime. But there they are, freshly baked hot fudge brownies right in front of your eyes. The longer they sit there, and the more that you stare at them, the more you want to eat them. Your emotions are the exact same way. The longer they sit there, and the more you ignore them, the stronger they get. So here's my suggestion to you. Stop fighting your emotions. Welcome your feelings with open arms, and know that you're allowed to feel that way. Stop suppressing your emotions. Stop ignoring your feelings and understand they're giving you the full human experience. It's not only fair to feel your emotions, but it's necessary in order to understand those feelings. I want you to know that you have permission to feel however you want to feel. Your feelings are valid. They always have been, regardless of what you've been told. Don't blame genetics. Genes get blamed for way too much these days. 
we've associated genetics to be the reason we feel certain things. Your mom is so emotional. I guess I got that from her. Or my dad's always had a short temper. I definitely got that from him. While it is true that we learn response mechanisms from our parents, it's not our genetics that inherently cause us to respond. We have the ability to learn different behaviors and other strategies to manage our emotions. Our lifestyle and the decisions we make play a large role in how we express our emotions. Our environment and the space we live in also play a critical part. Today, with all the technology and tools at our fingertips, we must be strong and empowered to push aside the distractions and create a healthy environment for our emotions. For the teen whose father has a short temper, make sure you're expressing your emotions daily. Find ways to manage stress like running, writing, playing music, kickboxing, taekwondo, etc. We'll dive into this in more detail later. And for the teen whose mom might be emotional, talk to your mom about it. Make sure you're expressing your emotions daily. You too should find ways that work best for you to manage your feelings. But at the end of the day, remember that it is a choice. It's not your genetics causing you to respond the way that you do. You have complete control of your emotions. You always have, and you always will. And just because you have the ability to control them does not mean you're any good at it yet. Don't worry, we'll get into this more later too. But for now, I just want you to recognize that you have the power to control your emotions. You can't just blame your response mechanisms and your feelings on your genes. Technology is a tool that you teens should use to the best of your ability. So make sure you use it for more than just games and social media. Dive into research if you want to better understand your emotions. There are a zillion personality tests online that will assess your personality and help you to understand your emotions. Some personality tests will highlight your strengths and weaknesses and provide you with insight based on your fears and beliefs. It's fascinating how accurate some of these tests are too. Exploring a personality test will help you to identify your individual personality and best understand your emotions. Then you could take it a step further and have members of your family take it too. You can all discuss your personalities and how they blend best together. I'm willing to bet you'll all have different personalities, which will prove my theory that you can't blame genetics. Knowing how everyone in your house responds to emotions will build awareness, trust, and acceptance between you and your family. So don't hold back. Dive into research and be productive about understanding your emotions. Find new ways to express yourself, but at the end of the day, stop bottling up your emotions. Now that you know you're in control, you know that the way you respond is a choice. Don't blame genetics. More tools in your toolbox. When you begin accepting your emotions, 
and welcoming them with open arms. You develop new skills and increase your intelligence. I call this adding more tools to your toolbox. Embracing your emotions is going to help you for the rest of your life. Heck, it's something you can even add to your resume. When you reach a certain point in your teen years, maybe in a required class or a senior year presentation, you might have to create a resume to help prepare you for life after high school. You might even want to skip those classes and go straight to the part where you apply for your first job or internship. When this day comes, you're going to need to bullet an array of honest characteristics about yourself. If you become a master and embracing your emotions, then you could write down any of these traits to boost your chances of getting the position you want. Has emotional agility, flexible and adaptable, resilient, persistent, malleable, understanding, empathizes with others, works well with others. All of those wonderful traits are an expression of having emotional capacity. If you learn to embrace your emotions, then you'll likely add any of those tools to your toolbox and more too. Give yourself grace. Embracing your emotions will become much easier if you learn to give yourself grace. I remember in high school, I would get so upset with myself over what now seems like the silliest things. If I scored low on a test, if I didn't wear the right outfit to school, or if I said the wrong thing when I was trying to comfort a friend. I was doing the best that I could, but I was still so hard on myself regardless of the situation. Kid, if this sounds like you, then you need to listen up good. You need to stop doing this to yourself. I made this mistake, and I'm certain I walked down that path to make sure you don't have to. If you make a silly mistake, it's totally okay. We need to learn to accept our mistakes and trust that we will learn from them. The mistakes that you've made in the past have gotten you to where you are today. You simply wouldn't be the same person without them. Just think of when you get sick. Your body doesn't say, listen, kid, you made a real mistake. You should never have caught a cold last weekend. Looks like we're shutting down. Um, how silly does that sound? Like extremely silly, because it is. When we get sick, our body's primal instinct is to immediately feel better again. Our white blood cells go to work to fight off those foreign invaders. And guess what? We don't even have to tell them to do it. It happens naturally. And a day later, we feel totally fine again. No more sniffles. So compare that sickness to your common mistake and know that you're going to bounce right back from it. Know that it's okay to make errors and for goodness sake, stop torturing yourself for making them. Give yourself grace, my friends. It will make the process of embracing your emotions that much easier. Emotional contagion. Emotional contagion refers to the phenomenon of one person's emotions and behaviors directly triggering similar emotions and behaviors in other people. Have you ever walked into your house with a smile on to find that someone else in the house had a bad day? Suddenly their sour mood is causing a wave of negativity and you find yourself in a bad mood too. 
that's emotional contagion at its worst. But thankfully, it works in the opposite way as well. Now think about a time when you came home after a bad day. Maybe you peed yourself at school again. Who knows? But just for fun, let's say you did pee yourself again. So now you've come home. You're in a bad mood and you just want to be left alone. But everyone in your house is so dang happy. Everyone is filled with smiles and laughter and positivity. And suddenly you find yourself in a good mood. That's emotional contagion at its best. I tell you this because it's a really powerful tool to know that your emotions are impacted by other people. Likewise, you have the power to impact those around you with your emotions as well. I believe emotional contagion is the reason most of us tell people to get back to a state of being happy. We fear that if someone around us is in a sour mood, then they're going to impact our mood and bring us into a state of negativity too. Thus, we encourage others to mask their feelings and pretend like everything's fine. Sometimes, we simply just don't know the right words to say either. That causes us to tell others to feel better and be happy and do things that a sad person doesn't necessarily feel like doing at the moment. Understanding emotional contagion will help you to manage your emotions. And for that reason, we're going to do a little practice below. Remember, this book is a workbook, but it's all for you. No one is going to see the things you write down. So be open, be honest, and use this book as a tool to help you manage your emotions. Right now, I want you to write down in the box below every emotion that you felt in the last week. It might take you a few minutes to reflect on the last few days, and that's fine. You have all the time you need. Just think, were you happy, sad, angry, disgusted, surprised, loving, embarrassed, calm, awkward, bored, comfortable, uncomfortable? There's, a plenty, there's plenty of other emotions I could list, but it's up to you. Write them down in the left column. You wrote them all down? Great. Now write down in the right column why you were feeling that way. Who were you around? What happened that caused your emotion? Maybe you were feeling happy because you're with your friends. Maybe you were feeling sad because you couldn't spend time with your friends. Whatever it is, write it down. Once you're finished, look at everything you've listed. If there's a person or people in your life who are constantly filling you up with good vibes and happy emotions, then you should continue spending time with them. If there's a person or people in your life whose negative feelings tend to bring you to a state of unhappiness, then it's definitely something to be aware of. Try to spend less time around those people. If you can't, then awareness will be key in order to avoid catching the negative emotions you don't want to feel. Let's say maybe it's a classmate who you sit directly next to. Or maybe it's someone that you live with. Regardless of the situation, if you can't avoid the person, then at least you can be aware of it. Being aware of your emotions is the most important part of managing them. 
when you know you're going to be in the presence of someone who tends to bring negative emotions, mentally prepare beforehand. There are plenty of ways you can mentally prepare, and by reading the rest of this book and following the tips and strategies given, you'll be able to embrace emotional contagion and use it to your advantage. Emotional tip number one, embrace your emotions and identify them. Keep a mood journal if you have to. This will look similar to the exercise you did in the chapter. Discover what emotions you feel and when they occur. How often do you experience these feelings? Who is around when you do? What environment are you in? Once you can identify them, you can move on to step number two. Emotional tip number two. Now that you can identify them, take a look at the impact your emotions have. Does the size of the situation match the size of your reaction? Will the problem matter in five years' time? If not, do you spend more than five minutes worrying with emotional overwhelmingness? Actively seek to manage your responses so that these two match. If the problem won't matter in five years' time, then don't spend more than five minutes stressing over it. Emotional tip number three. Practice self-care daily. When you're giving yourself the time, space, and rest that your body needs, it is much easier to manage your emotions. This is a very simple task, but it's often difficult to do. Learn how to say no to anything that doesn't raise your energy, your vibration, or your spirit. The more rest you get, the easier it will be to control your emotions. Self-care has become this cheesy thing that apparently you're only supposed to do on Sundays. That's not true. Don't listen to it. If you want to have a healthy, vibrant life, then you need to practice self-care every dang day. Self-care is going to look different to everyone. It depends on what things you like to do. Some self-care activities that you might enjoy include exercising, healthy nutrition, cooking, journaling, meditation, taking a walk through nature, drawing or painting, creating a list of goals, cleaning your house, attending therapy, reading a book, spending quality time with a loved one, and so on. For some of you, your favorite activities might not even be on that list. That is fine. It's personal to you. Just make sure you schedule them into your day and label it a priority. Emotional tip number four. Avoid circumstances that trigger unwanted emotions. Too often, we embrace situations that we know cause overwhelming anxiety, anger, and stress to our emotional state. We'll get more into addictions in chapter seven but it is possible to be addicted to chaos. I have known people who were, and I'm sure you have too. Your teen years are often filled with chaos and drama, and sometimes it might feel impossible to get away from. On the other hand, I'm here to tell you that it is possible. You need to learn how to avoid it instead of inviting it. If someone in your life is triggering for you, then avoid spending time with that person. If you get frustrated in your morning classes, 
then you might need to wake up earlier to feel more alert. In order to wake up earlier, you likely have to get to bed earlier. Don't watch television until midnight and then wake up grumpy because you didn't get enough rest. I'm not going to continue dragging this one out because I think you get the point. Plus, we'll talk more about sleep in Chapter 4. Be proactive, take charge of your life, and control your emotions. Emotional tip number five. Complimenting people is the best way to avoid unwanted emotional contagion. If you focus on positive emotions and compliment everyone you interact with, you will create an upsurge of optimism and people will thrive off of you. Make your daily goal to make someone else's day better and you'll inevitably develop a domino effect of happiness to those around you. You'll likely refrain from catching other people's negative emotions just by being around them. If this doesn't work, compliment yourself. Do it in a cheesy way. I don't care. Say, girl, I love your outfit. Or, man, you're really killing it today. Complimenting anyone, even yourself, has a way of avoiding unwanted emotional contagion. Hey guys, thanks for sticking around all the way through to the end. Tune in for next week's episode, chapter two, We All Want to Be Heard. In this chapter, we talk about the art of listening. We talk about how important it is to be a listener, but also to find someone who will listen to you. Um, We talk about how listening to learn and finding important details in our conversation really helps us to dig into being a better listener. So tune in. It is a great chapter for teens and adults alike, anybody who needs to practice the beautiful art of listening. Thank you guys so much, and I'll see you all next week. Thank you guys for listening. If you like the show, please, please, please share it with someone you love, someone you care about. My goal is always to help people to make them feel loved and special and cared for and connected with. So if this episode helped you in any way, let's keep spreading all those good vibes. You can find me on Instagram or Facebook at Nicole Gonzalez Writes or my website at the exact same thing, <laughs> NicoleGonzalezWrites.com. And remember, you guys, I love you and I will see you next week.